Hello and welcome to another episode of A Fresh Perspective here at Heavenward Thinking. Today we're on the second part of Romans chapter 7, so I'm going to read it and we'll get right into our topic and discussion today. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law. For I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting. For apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive, apart from the law. But when the commandment came, sin sprang to life, and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment put me to death. So then, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous, and good. Did that which is good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognized as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment, sin might become utterly sinful. So this is a very difficult passage. Uh, it's a little confusing at times, uh, but it's an important one. So what stands out to you? <laughs> How confusing it is. <laughs> Paul, you know, Paul's really walking this line where he's, <coughs> sorry, he's walking this line where he's trying to say to these people, you get this new freedom in Christ, right? But you have to look backwards and realize that the freedom in Christ comes because we were slaves to sin, mm. right? And, and what he says in a simplistic way is, Hey, listen, sin, right, points out, right, the, the things that we've agreed to do but we can't do, mm. right? And so all of a sudden, sin springs to life as soon as there's a commandment, right? So when, when, when your mom, your dad, they say to you, don't do this, the second they say don't do it, then if you do it, it's sin. It's wrong. But if they don't say it, right? So if they go out for the evening and they and they don't say anything about Timothy, don't have a party, don't have chips, don't have this, don't have whatever. Whatever you do, it's not sin. You didn't know. You weren't aware of it. But once your mom says, Timothy, stay out of the chips. They're for something else, right? Now you get into those chips and it's sin. But what Paul says is the second mom says, stay out of the chips, what do I want to do? Get right into that. I want to be in the chips, right? And then all all sorts of covetousness is what he says. Soon as as soon as the commandment "Don't covet" came about, all of a sudden sin springs to life because it wants you to want it. It's it's exactly it's so funny because it's just like out of the Lord of the Rings, right? And it says the ring wants to be found. It wants to be found. It wants to be found, right? Sin wants you to fall. It wants mm. you to, to end up breaking the very commandments, the things that Paul says that you want to, you want to keep, but you can't. Mm. And the sin creates uh, that temptation by using the good of the commandment. It, it, it twists it like sin. Uh, it very itself, it twists everything. It yep. tries to corrupt everything. And as you mentioned, it's just like in the concept of the Lord of the Rings where that ring, it twists and corrupts everything and everybody. Yeah. And that's just what sin is doing. So uh, when we see here uh, this illustration, it may seem confusing, but when we really look at it like this, it makes it a lot more simplistic. As we look at it, there's this constant battle that uh, Paul is describing uh, of the uh, desire for us to make sure we measure up to the law and then the freedom of Christ. And, and he's showing us here that the law did something. It pointed out our sin. It made uh, it made us aware of our sins, that we would know that we need a Savior, that we, we can't ever measure up. So that the law served an important and essential purpose in Christianity. Uh, but then he's also talking about how uh, there were some things that came along with it that, that made it impossible for us to measure up, like this the sin thing that brought about all this temptation and, and this corrupting what was good. 
So I, I, I love that Paul says that sin lay dead before the law, right? Mm-hmm. So again, God gave to Moses and to the people the law, which then brought about sin, right? I, I think it's great because in, in, from the beginning, you're talking about, uh, Genesis chapter six, you were, you were doing and you were saying, you know, like, Hey, there was every kind of evil. There's a difference between evil and sin. Mm. Right. Again, we, we, we lump it all together. Right. But sin is a direct result of we know what we are supposed to do and we don't do it. Mm. Right. Every kind of evil is just all the bad things that are out there. Right. It, but sin is directly against God. Mm. Right. And again, we can split hairs with that. We can talk about that, you know, and do all those kind of things. But but what but again, Paul's saying here is sin lay dormant. It lay still. Right. Until the law came and then pointed out, if you do this, this is wrong. If you do this, this is wrong. Absolutely. And then for so many years, the Israelites struggled with this. They couldn't get past this. They couldn't get past the sin uh, that was seizing this opportunity through the commandments until Jesus came. And he put to death the sin and this the requirements of the law were fulfilled in him. And this whole this whole book of Romans is really showing us how we can never measure up. We cannot measure up to God. We can't measure up to his standards. We can't measure up to law. But there's a way. He made a way through Jesus. And, and that is part of heaven we're thinking that's what we do here we try to get you focused on jesus and this passage certainly gets us pointing towards jesus because it shows us our need for a savior it shows us our sinfulness and that we can't escape this sin that really entangles us unless we have jesus it's the whole point right the whole point is that the law points out that we're sinful right it's why jesus took it a step back and went listen you know it's not just about doing what's in the law it's about thinking it right like he, god wants us to know that we're sinful mm. that we're going to make mistakes we're going to break the laws we're going to break the commitments right but that just leads us to jesus mm. we need jesus so again the idea isn't to get rid of sin and say oh no no this is no longer a sin the idea is to say, well, of course I know it's sin, but I have Jesus. Mm-hmm. I need Jesus. Now, Paul says, hey, don't just go keep sinning so grace can abound. Like, don't do that, right? But the point is, when are we going to free people up to admit that they have sin mm-hmm. and admit that they have a need for Jesus? I talk with people all the time. It's the number one problem, right? People can't admit they have a need for Jesus. It drives them crazy. They want to think that somehow they can do this, that somehow they're, they, they can, they can keep all the laws, right? Uh, there's 613 of them. Good luck with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. We we see in Christianity today, so many people are so quick to just push away. Well, that's not a sin anymore. Uh, we're just under this grace thing. We can do whatever we want. Uh, you know, we throw things out like everything's yeah. permissible. Yes, uh, Paul makes claims like that, but then he also explains not everything's beneficial and not everything is good. And there still are sinful things, and we need to avoid that. So we need to make sure that as, as Christians, we're not lying to people and we're not hiding the truth from them uh, by telling them that, that sin is okay because sin isn't okay. And we don't get to just pick and choose what is sin. And that's where we get hierarchies of sin. And we've gotten so confused in Christianity because we've gotten away from uh, the basics. We've gotten away from what scripture says and here in in Romans 7 it's a great reminder of sin comes uh, and we can't measure up to the law because of that sin without Jesus we need Jesus so we need to make sure that we admit as you said we need to admit that we need Jesus Uh, that 
is something that all of us need Jesus. So we're all on a level playing field. There's no shame in just admitting that. We have to admit that because if we don't admit that, we're never going to be made right with God. And that's what this is all about. We need to be in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Well, it's funny because in our world today, whether it's in the church or outside of the church, uh, we focus everything on strengths. Even though Jesus said, it's when you're weak, right, that I will make you strong, right? My mm. my strength is perfect in your imperfectness, right? But but we don't buy any of these things that Jesus has said. And so, again, we keep trying to focus on our strengths, focus on our strengths, focus on our strengths. And God says, listen, I, I want to use your weaknesses. But the only way that you can be used in the weakness is if you admit you have a weakness, mm. if you admit you have a struggle, right? And again... It, this is where like forgiveness comes in, right? Forgiveness doesn't come in because uh, we, we are assured that somebody's never going to do anything again, mm. right? Forgiveness comes in because we've got this ability to love the sinner and not condone the sin. Mm. And we, we think all the time that if I love a sinner, that I'm condoning what they do. No, no, no. You can love somebody and not condone what they've done, right? Mm. Jesus did it over. It doesn't matter whether it was the woman caught in adultery, the Samaritan woman, or the thief on the cross next to him. He never condoned what they did. He never said, oh, it's okay. It's okay. He simply said to them, I'm going to love you regardless of what you've done or where you've been. That That's the deal. Sin points out that people struggle. Mm. Well, there's a no-brainer, right? So when we see it, we shouldn't be surprised, right? That there's a need for Jesus is why he came. Absolutely. And as you said, it points out the law points out that we have these struggles of sin. We have this weakness and it should drive us to compassion for other people. And we can love people because we know that we have our own weaknesses that the Lord is going to work through. And so when we look at other people and see their weaknesses, we should have compassion for them and realize that God's going to do something there. Uh, We just need to be faithful to the Lord, not just keep pointing out people's faults and trust that he's going to deal with it and help them through it themselves, just as he helps us with our weaknesses. So we hope that you've been challenged this week uh, by this second portion of Romans chapter 7. Next week, we will finish off Romans chapter 7 and then move on to chapter 8. So join us next time for another episode of Heavenward Thinking and a Fresh Perspective.